Could changes in weather, raging wildfires and natural disasters be a sign of the end times? We hear on the news more and more these days that there are natural disasters increasing in frequency and intensity around the world, and the answer offered for all of these events is always the same, climate change. We could agree with our friends who are concerned there are strange things happening in nature right now. But as Christians and people who study Bible prophecy, well, Tim, you and I have a very different understanding about why we are experiencing more and more natural disasters and what our response to these remarkable events should be. So today, we're going to open up a conversation about what's really happening in nature, why we are seeing increasingly severe natural disasters across the globe, and what our response should be as Christians looking at these events from a biblical worldview. That's exactly right, Nathan. The mere mention of climate catastrophes is more likely to spark a debate about partisan policy rather than a discussion about the Bible. But we too easily forget that Jesus said there will be signs in sun and moon and stars and on the earth distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves. And he had a lot more to say about the signs of nature than we can cover even on today's program. But I want to welcome you all to Christ in Prophecy. I'm your host, Tim Moore, Director and Senior Evangelist for Lamb and Lion Ministries. And I'm joined today, as always, by our Internet Evangelist, Nathan Jones. Together, we are dedicated to help you better understand Bible prophecy because the Bible is clear. Jesus is coming back, and he's coming back soon. So, Nathan, today, in spite of the uh, the winter weather and our voices, uh, we're going to continue to reveal the signs of nature, explain what is really happening in the world from a biblical perspective, and help our listeners get a better idea of how these signs affect their lives, not just in the future, but right here and right now. Yeah, I think our listeners are really going to find this conversation helpful as we point out the signs of nature. We'll get underway in just a moment. In the meantime, check out our website at ChristinProphecy.org. Did you know that fulfilled prophecy is unique to the Word of God? Only the Bible contains the revelation of God and foretells future events. In fact, fulfilled prophecy validates the trustworthiness of the Bible. Every week on Christ in Prophecy, your hosts, Tim Moore and Nathan Jones, examine God's Word and reveal the prophetic hope for those who believe in Jesus Christ, as well as the Bible's warning about God's coming wrath to those who don't know Him yet. To learn more, visit our website at ChristinProphecy.org. As we study the Bible, we discover that there are signs of the times described in the Old and New Testaments to help God's people recognize the events leading up to the end times. You know, that's exactly right. And sometimes it's difficult to categorize all the signs. So our founder, Dr. David Reagan, grouped these signs into six categories. So over the next six weeks, we will address each of these signs in depth. Today, we'll talk about the signs of nature. And in the weeks to come, we'll talk about signs of society, spiritual signs, both positive and negative, signs of world politics, signs of technology, and of course, signs of Israel. But let's start with an area of agreement, Nathan. The earth is changing, and there are an increasingly frequent series of disasters that are happening all around us. Quite frankly, they're more intense and more destructive than ever before. Well, yes. Uh, anyone who says that there isn't climate change is probably a climate denier. I, I would say I am one because I don't believe that climate change is man-made. It's God-made. And we'll get into that a little later. But history has shown, science has shown, there's always been a fluctuations of temperature. There's ages. They had the little ice age, the big ice age. They have warming times and cooling times. It's just part of nature. It is and, part of nature. As a matter of fact, everywhere I've ever lived, somebody likes to say, well, the, if you don't like the weather now, just wait. It will change. <laughs> yeah. And on a global scale, it's constantly changing. 
Absolutely. Well, Jesus gives us signs of the end times that point to his soon return. And one of them, we could read in Matthew 24 and Luke 21 and Mark 13, says that the signs of nature are natural disasters, natural events happening, and they would increase like birth pains in frequency and intensity We guess the closer we get to the Lord's return. I, uh, Tim, you know, both our wives had children, and I got to watch my wife bear three children. And as she was, the baby was coming, she would go into contractions. And the contractions start off slow but over time they increasingly get close together and they increasingly get more painful. And that's what Jesus said when the apostles asked him, what will be the signs leading up to your return? And this is what he said. He said there would be different signs in the sun, moon, and stars. There'd be signs of uh, natural disasters and weather events. And this is part of it. It certainly is. I think Jesus expects us to recognize those signs. It's telling to me that even as he criticized the Pharisees and scribes for their inability to recognize the signs of the times, in Matthew 16, he used a natural sign example that even then was a a well-known saying. He said, you all tell each other there will be a storm today for the sky is red and threatening. Do you know how to discern the appearance of the sky but cannot discern the signs of the times? Obviously, red sky in morning, sailors take warning. Red sky at night, sailors delight. That's exactly what Jesus was calling them to recognize then. And so these signs of nature have always been around, but they are increasing, as you said, just like birth pangs in frequency and in severity. And I think that it's because we're drawing near to the day of the Lord's return. And we must remember, too, that the earth was originally made perfect. When you read the Genesis account, the earth was good. It was perfect. But when mankind sinned, God put a curse on the earth, and that meant then that the perfect weather changed to be imperfect. So instead of perfect, uh, always nice weather and maybe a tropical atmosphere, we've got storms and hurricanes and tornadoes and earthquakes and all that. And that's why Romans 8.21 says, The creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So we learn from this verse that, yes, that we are have a corrupt uh, world and a corrupt generation, but there will be a deliverance from it someday. There certainly will. And, you know, there's a lot of argument over how much of what we witness is man-made or caused by, by mankind. Obviously, there are lakes all around the world where uh, predatory fish have been introduced because people dump their, their pet goldfish and it eats up all the fish that were natural to that lake. Man does make an impact on the environment around him. But from a global perspective, we know that there are many other Uh, things at play, whether it's volcanoes, whether it's even the the amount of radiation coming from the sun. And so some of this we do not have control over, but we need to be reminded always that God is in control. And just as important as his control, he has the ability and the audacity to have declared in advance that these signs will manifest. And so what we're witnessing is a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. Right. And we got to remember, too, that even though God cursed the earth and so these natural disasters are natural in nature, God also does have remedial judgments and where he will use nature to punish people for a certain amount of time. Like for the Israelites, when they are wandering in the wilderness, he would bring earthquakes sometimes to chastise them and remind them to come back to him. Exactly so. And even pestilence. The Lord used pestilence to to chastise the, the Israelites as they were disobedient to him. And so people say, well, certainly God wouldn't let these things happen. But in God's sovereign will, he allows even the disasters that we experience mold us and shape us. And the response that we give is what is important. Are we going to trust God? Are we going to turn to him, sometimes repenting of our sins, but always being faithful to him? Are we going to curse God and nature and uh, really just be abandoned in our own sins? So, 
part of the, the bottom line for us today is to make sure we have a right heart attitude toward the Lord God and recognize that even in wrath, he remembers mercy. And Scripture tells us that in the end times, as these things happen, there will be some who scoff, who scoff at the very idea that the signs of nature and all the others have any bearing on us today. Yes. Well, coming up, we're going to continue to discuss the signs of nature and how we should respond. But first, we're going to give you a weekly take on what's really going on in current events and how it relates to our topic, the signs of nature. That's coming up. Stay tuned. We're so glad you've joined us on Christ in Prophecy Radio. Four decades ago, Lamb and Lion Ministries was launched by Dr. David Reagan. And today we are continuing his legacy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus Christ to an international audience through TV, radio, and online. We're fulfilling the great calling to proclaim the truth of Scripture from beginning to the end. Find out more when you go to ChristInProphecy.org. Well, welcome back to Christ in Prophecy Radio. I'm Tim Moore with my co-host Nathan Jones, and we're glad you have joined us. We've been talking about the signs of nature. And Nathan, as we went away the last uh, segment, we discussed how people have, have scoffed at times about the significance of the signs of nature and really all of the signs of the times. I know in 2 Peter chapter 3, uh, the, the Peter recorded this, that at the last days, mockers would come with their mocking, following after their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? Referring to Jesus coming again. For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. This expectation that there would be a constancy of what we witness in the natural world around us. Yeah, and it's caused people who aren't biblically based to to become alarmist. They've. It's interesting when I was uh, back way back in high school, I was I was a sap Tim. I was a students against pollution, and for two years we'd go out and we'd clean up the rivers and the the streets and stuff like that. But now we have people without a biblical background saying, well, what's going on in nature must mean the end of the world. And whether they're doing it because they really believe it's the end of the world or they're looking for the typical money and power position, we got people like Greta Thunberg and Al Gore. I went to a Glacier National Park over the summer, and Al Gore years ago, it said all the glaciers would melt in National Park by 2022. They had to take all the signs down because the glaciers are still there. So we have a, a time where people have weaponized and politicized environmentalism because they have no biblical background. Well, for the record, Nathan, I still am against pollution. I think you are too. Absolutely. But we are do we approach it from a, a balanced perspective. We realize that not everything mankind does is is evil or wrong, uh, but yet we are required to be stewards of the environment around us. Having said that, I would just submit, even from Peter's uh, commentary on what people would scoff at in the end times. The people who recognize that the world has continued as it has since the beginning of creation, Peter's talking about people within the church because the unbelieving world doesn't believe there was a creation. They believe this is all chance and random and in uh, evolution that's come about. And so people within the church too often are scoffing. They say, you know, my grandparents saw things happening. It's still happening today. But I think there has been a marked increase, and that's the point we make today in the frequency and intensity of natural disasters. I was watching just the other day about the number of earthquakes and the number of volcanoes, and there have been some tremendous earthquakes and volcanoes in the past, but they are increasing in intensity and in frequency and in destructive power, and we have witnessed that even in recent times. Just at the end of 2023, there was great angst throughout Europe that one of the volcanoes in Iceland was about to erupt. And if it does, when it does, it will disrupt travel 
including air travel and commerce throughout Europe and into Asia because of the volcanic ash that is released. And so mankind is witnessing these traumatic calamities happening more and more frequently. Absolutely. And you hear different uh, responses to it. uh, Like, for instance, uh, Germany's former Chancellor Angela Merkel warned, we have to get faster in the fight against climate change. Global leaders also have to come to the same conclusion after the UN delivered a, get this, code red for humanity. Or the Driscoll report, scientists long warned that climate change would contribute to an increase in both, get this, Tim, the frequency and severity of freak weather. So even the unbelieving world understands that these disasters are increasing in frequency and intensity. Just this last past year, 2023, uh, 10 of the deadliest natural disasters, uh, there was quite a number of them, again, increasing in frequency and intensity, but mostly earthquakes, especially the one in Turkey where 55,000 people died in an earthquake. So yes, it's happening, and the Bible prophesied it happened. It certainly is. You know, the sad thing is, for a lot of our young people, they're being fed this constant diet of, of disaster and doom and gloom, and, and that's not what we are presenting today. We're telling people that the Bible prophesied these things, but not as a means of doom, as a means of warning. And yet so many young people have bought into this ideology that everything is getting worse and that man is at fault that is contributing to climate anxiety. The American Psychological Association said two-thirds of Americans experience that. The Lancet, which is a famous British uh, medical journal, found that 84% of Children and young adults ages 6 to 20, 16 to 25 are at least moderately worried about climate change, and almost 60% are very or extremely worried, and it's contributing to a sense of discouragement, depression, and despair, hopelessness. Yet that's not what we're presenting today. Folks, we are talking about climate change as a warning presented in Bible prophecy so that we can recognize that God is still in control and he wants us to flee from the wrath to come. And so even in the midst of all these signs, our goal is to point you to our blessed hope, which is none other than Jesus Christ. Stay with us. We'll be back in just a moment to tell you more about the signs of nature. Hi, this is Tim Moore inviting you to join me on Saturday, March 2nd for a one-day regional Bible conference called Everlasting to Everlasting. I'll be sharing prophetic insights from Genesis to Revelation alongside the president of the Institute for Creation Research, Dr. Randy Galiza. Join us in person at the ICR Discovery Center in Dallas, Texas, or you can watch the live stream from anywhere. For additional details, go to christinprophecy.org slash events. Well, welcome back to Christ in Prophecy Radio. Tim and I are discussing the signs of nature, one of the categories of end-time signs that points to the Lord's soon return. Tim, are we seeing just natural disasters happening in the world, or is God using those natural disasters to point to something very important? I think God's using the natural disasters to point to himself and to point to the warning he would give all of the world that time is of the essence, that his son is coming soon. You know, Nathan, I'm reminded, in spite of the doomsayers that think that nature is a force unto itself, Jesus Christ proved that he is the Lord of nature. The very first miracle recorded in John is when Jesus changed water into wine. And that may seem to be a fairly trivial miracle, but I assure you to the wedding guests there in Cana, it was not. But Jesus demonstrated that he was the the Lord over the material universe. In other words, he could take water and convert it into wine, fine wine at that. And he was the Lord of time. And ever since uh, Einstein came up with his theory of relativity, we know that matter and time are 
are intertwined. And so Jesus also demonstrated he didn't need weeks or months to have that grape juice ferment into fine wine. He was able to do so instantaneously. So the Lord is the Lord over nature. Many of his other miracles recorded in the New Testament, whether it's calming the storms or healing people, are really demonstrations of his power over nature. And yet throughout Scripture, the Lord over and over again uses nature and let's just say his prophet's uh, demonstration of his power relative to nature. Absolutely. I was thinking of Greta Thunberg when she tweeted that climate change will wipe out humanity unless we stop using fossil fuels over the next five years. Uh, It seems like the alarmists are worried that the world is out of control, that there's no sovereign over this planet. But Tim, there are 47 different verses in the Bible to point to the fact that God is in control of the weather. Look at Matthew 8, 26 through 27. What kind of man is this, says the apostles, that even the winds and the seas obey him? Psalm 1, 48.8, fire and hail, snow and clouds, stormy wind fulfilling what? His word. In Revelation 7.1, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth. God is in control of the weather. So when we say natural disasters, yes, there's natural disasters based on the corruption of this planet, but God is using these to bring people to him. You know, there's one way that you can tell whether God is using nature as a remedial judgment or it's because he is trying to get our attention through natural disasters. We can look at the timing of the event as it relates to the sin of a nature. The magnitude of the event is remedial judgments are designed to have a great shock value, capture people's attention, and a prophet's declaration of God's intention. Now, we don't have modern-day prophets today, but we know biblically, again, Jesus told us that these signs point to our return. So then, Tim, how should we respond to this, knowing that God is trying to get our attention? What's he looking for us to do? That's a great question, Nathan. I think any of us who have walked outside uh, early in the morning, if you're an early riser or in the evening and seen a beautiful sunset, has had a moment of recognizing, wow, this, this is beautiful. And not just because I feel that it's beautiful, but it is objectively beautiful. And that's a demonstration of God's handiwork. So even nature itself is designed to point us to God. Uh, the, the psalmist said that even the heavens are declaring the glory of God. They they speak forth without words, and they're uttering truth that this was created and that there is an awesome God that created. Paul put it this way in Romans chapter 1, verse 20. He said, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they, meaning the rebellious world, are without excuse. I think the first recognition we have to point to is that nature itself should make us aware that God is an awesome God. He created an incredibly magnificent universe, and it is indeed beautiful in all its complexity, and it humbles us as mankind to realize what are we, that God would take notice of us, and yet he has lavished his love on us as creatures, and so it leads us to worship him, and not just because of a beautiful sunset, but because of who he is, first and foremost. It reminds me of Acts 14, 17. It says, he did not leave, in other words, God did not leave himself without witness, that he did good and gave you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons. God uses nature to prove his existence. And so that's part of what's called general revelation. We can read about that in Romans 1, that that no man can go up to God and say, well, I never knew you existed because God created nature so that we would marvel in the fact that there was a creator, an author. The complexity of creation points us to the fact that there needs to be a creator who's far more complex than the creation. And then in awe, 
we turn towards God in repentance and try to restore that right fellow uh, relationship that Jesus Christ provided that avenue by dying on the cross for our sins. Certainly so. And the other thing, in addition to validating God's, uh, you know, personhood and the fact that he is the creator, the fulfillment of these prophecies regarding material and natural signs demonstrate once again that he had the power to orchestrate everything that's happening, even the evil of mankind, and yes, even the natural order, to his will. And so as we watch these signs multiplying, just as Jesus foretold, as other prophets indicated, you know, you can go to Revelation, and, and soon in our television program, Christ in Prophecy, we'll be exploring the book of Revelation, and over and over again, there are many natural signs that will be multiplied in the end times. And so for those of us who have discernment because we've read the Word of God, all of these signs simply validate Bible prophecy and therefore God himself. And we got to understand, too, like birth pains, they're going to continue to go more, get more frequent and intense. So uh, all the way leading up to the rapture of the church and then during the tribulation, they'll be so bad that by the end of the tribulation, most of the world will be unlivable. So it's going to get worse and worse. Why not now repent and turn to Jesus Christ while the time is short? You know, that that is beautifully said, Nathan. And regardless of whether you agree with us, our urging to you is that you have put your trust in Jesus Christ, the Lord of nature, the one who created the heavens and the earth, the one who knows the beginning from the end and has declared what will happen in the fullness of time. But he has advised us to look for these signs because the urgency of turning to him in believing faith cannot be overstated. He's coming soon, and he will either come as your blessed hope or as your holy terror. Well, in the coming weeks, Tim, we're going to examine each of the signs of the times in much more greater depth, category by category. Listeners can expect to hear us address contemporary issues and discover what they mean from a biblical perspective. Our program is grounded in the Word of God. We're not going to sensationalize or speculate about future events, so stay tuned. We're going to be back in a moment to bring a final word of encouragement from Tim. You know, folks, when I served in the legislature in Kentucky, every month we received a magazine called Governing Magazine, sent to legislators all around the country. I'll never forget several years ago, the feature story, the cover story was called A Climate of Change, and the subtitle was, Governments Throughout the Country Are Touting the Need for Resilience in the Face of ever more frequent natural disasters. As I read the article, they made it clear that the more frequent natural disasters are also becoming much more intense and much more destructive. And I knew right then that those editors had no idea that they were proclaiming the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. But that's exactly what they were doing. The reality is those of us who are Christians, followers of Jesus Christ, and those who are complete secularists look at the same data, but we come to different conclusions. Why? Because we have a different perspective I dare say, a different worldview. For those who understand Bible prophecy, we know that God foretold all of these things would happen. Why did he tell us? Because he wanted us to have assurance that even when things become more threatening, even when darkness seems to be rising in the world, as we'll talk about next week, we can have absolute confidence and trust that he is still in control. He had the audacity to declare in advance what would take place. Because he had the audacity and the power to declare what would take place, we know that he has the power and the authority to work all things together for good, for those who love him, and to accomplish his will. So even these signs themselves point to the fact that Jesus is coming soon, because just like the birth pangs we discussed earlier, when they begin, you don't know exactly when the baby's coming, but you know that child is on the way. Sure enough, 
as these birth pangs related to the signs of nature and all the other categories of signs that we're going to be talking about in the coming weeks increase in intensity and in frequency. Those of us who are looking forward to Jesus Christ rejoice, not in the calamities, not in the disasters, not in the destruction, but in the fact that God is still on the throne that he is not surprised. As a matter of fact, everything is happening in accordance with his perfect will, and that soon and very soon, his son will break from the heavens. You know, in the weeks to come, we're going to talk about all the other categories of signs. But if you haven't taken a moment this day to walk outside, to look around at the beauty of the earth, the beauty of the, the heavens, or even the beauty of a child near you, I would encourage you to do so and give praise to the God who created all these things and is going to orchestrate everything for good for those who love him. Nathan and I would encourage you, if you don't already know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, this day, say, Lord, I know you created, and you have created me, and I have messed up just as the world itself has been messed up with sin and wickedness. But I want a purpose to follow you, to serve you, and to look forward to your coming. And I just want to thank you for that. We'll see you next week. Godspeed. Godspeed.